0: Let us pray. Gracious God, who loves us more than we can ask for or imagine, send your Holy Spirit so that only your word may be spoken and so that only your word may be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ our Savior, amen. We are currently making our way through Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. 1 thessalonians Thessalonians—it's kind of a mouthful, isn't it? Thessalonians. First Thessalonians is the earliest of Paul's writings, or rather, the earliest of Paul's writings that we have preserved. It's uh, mostly most certain that he actually wrote some things before this. Uh, he would not be as good of a writer as he is if he had not written a fair amount before this. Um, and it's quite possible he actually wrote some things to. Christian communities, as a Christian, as an apostle writing to communities. It's quite possible he did write to other ones before this point, but if he did, there's no evidence of it and none was preserved. Um, this is the earliest of his writings that we have preserved. And it's not only the earliest of his writings that we have preserved, it's actually the earliest Christian writing that we have preserved. It is older than all of the other epistles, older than the book of Revelation, older than all of the Gospels. It is the closest in time, the Christian writing closest in time to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's an interesting um, point to keep in mind as you're reading it. There's no other Christian writings that are closer in time than this one to the actual life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we talked about last week, uh, briefly, Paul is writing this letter to a community that he misses immensely and he desperately wants to see in person, and he can't. And so he is writing a letter uh, using the technology of his day in order to communicate with them and to connect with them. So it's not unlike what we're doing here, using the technology of our day, um, the video and internet, in order to connect with one another. And as you read Paul's letter, you will see in it that it's quite clear that Paul is deeply affectioned to the people there in Thessalonica. So again, not unlike today, (laughs) deeply affectioned to each other. I miss you immensely. I care for you deeply. And that's kind of what Paul's feeling. And Paul's affection for the people there um, comes through in lots of different ways in this writing. But one of the ways it comes through is in that image we just heard a few minutes ago of Paul describing his relationship to the people there as a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. This beautiful maternal image that Paul uses to describe his relationship is an image of affection, an image of care, an image that embodies that teaching that we hear in the gospel reading today. That image, that teaching of love. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. What are the law and the prophets? That is the scriptures. Remember all the scripture that we read? is is much vast much more vast than what Jesus had access to at that point that not been written yet right so for him scripture is the law and the prophets so Jesus is saying all of scripture is summed up in is embodied in love love of God and love of neighbor that's a message that Jesus talks about all the time it is at the core of so much of what he does he says that's at the the, the core of is um, his his, his uh, his final death and resurrection. Uh, he, it's in his new commandment to love one another as I have loved you. Um, it is the, the, the mean of the incarnation. For God so loved the world that he's only begotten son. Um, it is um, at the core of our faith, according to Jesus. And so what Paul is doing is Paul embodying that, embodying that in a very real way in his relationship with other people people with the people there that he's writing to that he wants to be with and he says that this love this tender care this embodiment of love goes beyond just sharing of the good news like for paul that's probably um an act of love uh, on its own but he goes on to say that's really not enough that the love that he's talking about here is a giving of his whole self A giving of his whole self, not just giving of the good news. A giving of his whole self. And that's the message that he's trying to get across in this one little moment here. That it's more than just a sliver of what we know and who we are that we are invited to share. But when we love our neighbor, when we love one another as Jesus loved us, when we want to embody the good news... It can only be embodied in a full giving of our full selves to each other and so um what does that mean that means a lot of different things i mean right now um i'd be remiss if i didn't say that we're in the middle of the pledge drive season so yes part of that giving does mean the giving of our financial resources right because that is a part of ourselves um, one way to think of it is, it is our stored labor and um giving of that to the community, right, to our neighbors in need, all of that is, is a giving of ourselves, is a giving um, in love, as an act of love, an embodiment of Jesus' teaching, an embodiment of being a nurse tenderly caring for our own children. But there's also other ways also, this isn't just a pledge <laughs> uh, pitch right there, um, how important that is, um, but it comes down to all of the ways that we interact with each other. And so, like right now, being in this pandemic, like this way of being, is an act of love. This thing that we are doing in this moment, is a giving of ourselves to each other. That seems kind of strange, isn't it? Because we're we're physically distant, right? When giving, don't you gotta like be there together? Um, not not physically, is what we're learning. That this is a giving of ourselves. Because in this act of worshipping together, spiritually, but physically distant, we are protecting each other if any of us happen to have the virus. And we're especially protecting those most vulnerable among us. So this is an act of love to keep some distance. Another way that we embody that love in the middle of a pandemic is if we do go out as most of us have to go out to some degree or another, um, that we wear the masks, right? We know that masks can save lives, masks can protect. And we don't really wear the mask to protect ourselves. So all kind of the mask optional idea, like I'll wear a mask to protect myself if I feel feel the need, that's not, that's not the way the masks work. The masks protect other people. So like when I wear the mask, no matter how uncomfortable that might make me, I'm doing it because if I happen to have the virus, then I'm reducing the risks substantially that I'll give it to you or somebody else. And when you wear the mask, you're acting in love towards me and other people also in case you happen to have the virus, then you wouldn't give it to any of us. So it's an act of love to wear those masks. I read something the other other day that said that if we all uh, wore masks, kind of what we call universal mask wearing, which is about 95% of people wearing masks, We would save over 100,000 lives between now and February. That is a lot of love right there. And really it's not just about lives saved, because one of the things we're learning is that the health implications, even if you do survive, are still severe, still significant. We don't know how severe, how long lasting they'll be, because the virus hasn't even been with us for a year yet. And so we don't know how long, but we do expect That many of these will be lifelong health challenges that the survivors will have and so again wearing the mask can be an act of love because we are protecting people from those long-term health consequences and potentially even death so keeping our distance when we are together to wear the mask to still keep some distance so try and keep that six feet of distance to try and limit how long we are together, so just kind of less chance of it spreading if someone does have it, because we don't really know how much of a load, a viral load you have to get. But we know if we kind of keep the time together short, that that will help reduce the risk. All these ways we, we are acting, which feel so unnatural, right? And they feel like they're not giving of ourselves somebody else, right? But they actually are. They're the giving of love to our neighbor by giving them safety, by giving them protection. Another way that we act in love, that we give of ourselves in this time is by checking in with each other. And so even if we we can't go out and see each other in person, right, we can still make a phone call. We can still write a letter. We can still send an email or a text message or set up a a Skype or a, a Zoom or a FaceTime conversation with somebody and check in. It's not the same, of course it's not the same, but it is still a way that we can connect and way that we can act in love. Because there are a lot of people out there who are very lonely, who are very disconnected, who are hurting at this time. And so if we reach out to them, We act in love. And so my friends in Christ, I encourage you as this pandemic continues on, as the pandemic likely worsens, we've had the highest, um, case diagnosis day, um, since the beginning of the pandemic, just, I think it was today or yesterday was, was one of the worst days that there's been. Um, and we expect it to continue to grow in the coming months. As we face this time, I encourage you to act in love, to offer love to your neighbor, to act like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children in the ways that you came at this time, through the full giving of yourself. Through pledging, yes, through pledging, John would not be happy with me if I did not mention that but also through keeping our distance, through wearing our masks, through washing our hands, and through calling each other and checking in with each other and praying for each other. Together, we are going to get through this. There has never been a pandemic in all of history that did not end at some point. And that was true before all of modern medical science which is going to find solutions faster through treatments and eventually through vaccines but there's no such thing as a a, a virus a a pandemic that lasts forever they always come to an end and this one will too and we're going to get through this together and our way of doing that as followers of Jesus as Christians as baptized members of the body of Christ is by loving each other by loving our neighbor by caring and being affectioned to one another amen